walking is when your best ideas come to life. The Wisdom Walks podcast and community is an inspired network of over 35,000 dedicated to exploring creative solutions to life's biggest challenges and opportunities. Enjoy listening to our podcast interviews coupled with wisdom from experts and leaders from all walks of life. In-person Wisdom Walks will be scheduled throughout the year. Receive actionable tips to become the leader you were meant to be. Enjoy ideas to be healthier, happier, and more successful. Learn from supportive guests that share wise and highly personal stories of transformation. We'll provide you with prompts and suggested songs to couple with your walks. I'm your host, Lee Mitchell, a community builder and brand strategist. Follow and listen to the Wisdom Walks podcast on your favorite social media platforms with hashtag Wisdom Walks Podcast. When you hear the Wisdom to Walk music, it's now time to speed up. Okay, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. My name is Orlando Bowen. I uh, speak corporately on forgiveness as a high performance tool, uh, leadership uh, in terms of leading by example and how to be a game changer even when the game itself has changed. I also run a youth leadership charity called One Voice, One Team Youth Leadership Organization. Honored to be here with you, Lee and Ronan. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you here. So can you tell us a little bit about why you started your business and, and what led you into this, this uh, role at uh, your uh, One Voice, One Team organization? Absolutely. Uh, well, one of the things that was painfully apparent was that, uh, you know, we, I started to, I was in a position, I was working in information technology. I was doing a lot um, to try to give back and try to make a difference. And one of the things that, I, that we noticed was that young people were getting involved in antisocial behaviors and, mm. quote, delinquent behaviors, um, not because they were bad kids, but because they didn't really see the opportunities that, that were in front of them. Um, and uh, they didn't see themselves as being potentially positive contributors to their communities. So there was a real gap in terms of helping uh, young people understand the fact that they are gifts, the fact that they have gifts to give, and the fact that they could actually use things that they enjoy or can learn to enjoy to make a difference in the lives of those around them and in doing so make a difference in their own lives. So that, that, that was the impetus, um, that was the driver and that we've, we've, you know, started off running programming for, you know, for students in grades four to 12. And now we, we continue to do that work as a charity. Um, and we also speak and empower and equip educators and school leaders as well. Amazing. So, so this is a business podcast for both people in our age, Orlando, but also uh, for, for young inspiring entrepreneurs. So what advice would you give uh, a young entrepreneur that, you know, really wants to make a difference and, and have more purpose uh, for their career ambitions? What, what can they do to get started? Well, I think, first of all, one of the things is to understand that it's a journey, right? Um, you don't just 
land where you know where you feel like yes this is where i'm supposed to be though it happens and it's a gift a precious gift when it does uh, but you know one of the things that has been really helpful was to you for for me and my personal journey as an entrepreneur is to i knew i wanted to make a difference i knew i wanted to serve i didn't know exactly what it might look like lisa one of the things i started to do was to try to you know to serve in different ways different capacities um, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's as an educator. So I supply talked when you could do that. Um, you know, I coached, uh, still do. I you started running leadership programs for young people, started running programs for new, uh, comer fa newcomer families or refugee families. Um, and, you know, was just trying to do different things to figure out where I fit. What was it that in this capacity really spoke to me, uh, really resonated with me and fed me? in terms of, you know, my energy and what are some things that I was doing, um, like grant writing or other things that didn't feed my energy, um, but were still necessary for the work to happen. So getting clarity around what it is that how, you know, what it is that I was doing and how I could serve through those things was really, was really, really important. Um, so, you know, we, um, uh, through trial and error or through trial and education, I started to see different areas that was like, yeah, I'd like to dig deeper on that. Um, never wanted to get into speaking per se that I'm, I'm a behind the scenes type of guy. I like to make things uh, contribute to making things happen and be like, yeah, we did that. Um, but then, you know, people started saying, Hey, Orlando, would you come and speak? And I said, oh, well, I'm not a speaker. Um, and, and uh, people we're saying, yeah, but your story could really help people. Um, so I fought that as a thought for years. And, um, but eventually realized that something that I was uncomfortable doing um, could actually move the needle for other people. So I've stepped more into those areas and I'm more open now um, to hearing what folks are saying in terms of how I could help versus coming to it with my own preconceived notions in terms of what I need to be doing. Let the market uh, guide you, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And your personal story is a big part of that. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about sort of your impetus in terms of how you became a speaker? And I know that there's some rather tragic information behind that. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I don't mind. I don't No, I don't mind at all. I will share it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, as I mentioned, I was doing a lot of different things to serve and give back and contribute. Uh, I was uh, training police and racial sensitivity. I was working with young people, um, working with sick kids and, you know, doing that uh, and going, doing that for a number of years while playing professional football as a linebacker. Um, I, uh, you know, was really just really passionate about community and dot connecting. And, you know, I, I took some heat from uh, folks, some of my friends, family in the black community uh, when I was working with the police services because they were saying, well, why are you, why are you working with them? You know how they treat us. And, um, you know, I, m my thought process is that if I see something that could be better, uh, you know, I'm not willing to just complain. I'm going to put my hand up and say, what can I do? So that was, that was uh, you know, the action that came with that. I was putting my hand up saying, what could I do? How can I help? How could I serve? How could I bridge the gap? 
Um, so going into my fifth year as a professional athlete, I signed a contract extension uh, with the Hamilton Ticats and was about to go out and celebrate when I was accosted by um, two undercover police officers who um, beat me and beat me on, you know, until the skin on my head split. And they didn't know who I was or what I, more importantly, what I was about at the time of the assault. Nor did they realize that I was a spokesperson for their police service and that bridged uh, police and community with their service. Um, and, you know, when they realized that I was that spokesperson, um, a huge cover-up began where I was taken to jail. I wasn't allowed to speak to anyone. They uh, then tried to cover it up by going back to the scene where my vehicle was and planted drugs by my car and charged me with uh, possession of a controlled substance and assaulting a police officer, two counts. So um, the assault um, resulted in a severe concussion that ended my football career. Uh, I think the bigger challenge is the fact that um, the whole reason that I was, I had come back to Canada um, from working in corporate America was so that I could serve. And this, the charges challenged my ability to go out and serve. Um, so, you know, was this just really crazy journey uh, in terms of navigating the judicial system and not knowing what the next day was, you know, was going to hold for us, for me, for my family? Was I going to, you know, go to prison? Was I going to be able to, you know, cross a border to go see my family? And again, my, like my parents and my sister. So there were all these things that were happening that I had no control over. Um, mm -hmm but we had our faith and we had people that uh, believed in who we are and what we stand for. And, and, you know, many will came alongside and they'd say, Hey, how you doing? And like many of us who have been through challenging times when we're in the thick of it, even though our friends might ask us, we said, I'm good. We're good. Mm. Um, because we didn't, we didn't want to burden people with our, our challenges. Right. So, mm. Um, you know, we ended up, I remember sitting in court and the uh, officer coming in and, and taking the oath to tell the truth and then saying to the judge, your honor, Mr. Bowen is six foot two, 235 pounds, and he's actually trained to hurt people. In my 17 years, I've never been so afraid for my life or my partner's life. And I remember looking at him thinking, how could someone possibly say that about someone else, especially when they know the truth, especially when they've taken an oath to serve and protect. How is that possible? And all I could think was, um, I thought back on the words of my grandmother, who used to always say, hurt people, hurt other people. And I just started thinking, I can't imagine what kind of pain he must have been through to allow him the capacity to do and to say that when he knows the truth. So, you know, it was this, this really crazy journey. I, I felt this deep sense of sorrow for the officers, for whatever they must have experienced to bring them to that point. And in that, you know, I, I, I started to pray for them to get counseling and healing um, and for the truth to come out. And, uh, you know, in what some would consider a strange turn of events, we've got uh, six weeks before the verdict. And one of the, the officers, actually the arresting officer, was himself arrested by the RCMP for trafficking cocaine. They found 17 kilos of, of, of cocaine at his house. So um, there was this crazy uh, 
shift um, that that happened where, um, you know, once the officer was charged, people were, they were, people around us were like, yes, you know, he's, I hope he goes to jail and they never let him out. And I'm thinking, no, that's, that's not a win for us. Right. Because he's a father, just like I am. He's a husband, like I am. I'm not, I'm not, I can't wish ill on, on people. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're actually, we're on the same team trying to make a difference. Right. Just that perhaps he's lost his way. Uh, so, you know, I, I wrote a letter of forgiveness to the officers I was assaulted by. Um, and I didn't release it for, for a while. I actually, upon writing the letter, I realized it was more for us than it was for them. Um, because sometimes in life, we have to let go of things that are holding us back from being able to accomplish what we've been put here to accomplish. That is my belief. Um, so sometimes we go through these painful experiences and, and they reveal things to us that we may not have seen in absence of those experiences. So, um, you know, I, um, officer was sentenced to go to prison for five years, eight months. I was acquitted. Uh, we filed civil litigation that settled out of court years later. All in all, it took over five years for our process. Um, but in that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And I said this in the letter to them that I'm grateful for the perspective that I gained through the process. And uh, I hug my kids and, and my wife a little tighter um, because of that perspective. And when we go out to serve and when we go out to engage, whether it's corporate or, or young people or, or aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are, that are doing it right now, um, it's understanding that we're all on a journey, right? And, and the, way we, the best way for us to, to get through it is to journey together. Right. There's an old uh, adage that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So we embrace that in terms of just understanding that we're, we're not here to journey alone. Right. And, and in that, you know, I, I, I thank you for the work that you're doing um, and, and appreciate you and your family and uh, the opportunity to share. I'm sure you sharing your story has, has helped so many to, to, really see the power of your mindset and, and the power of forgiveness and how it can be an incredible game changer. So uh, talk to us about what uh, a powerful mindset can be for an entrepreneur. What, what does an entrepreneur need in terms of uh, to be successful? Uh, because as, as a fellow entrepreneur, I know it's really easy to get caught up in in you know a bad day uh, because we're not we're not always getting that feedback. We don't you know we don't necessarily have that uh, feedback we would get from a boss, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I think from a mindset, I, well, first of all, life is all about perspective. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes those uh, challenges, you know, uh, are are gifts. Uh, sometimes those days where you're like, can anything else go? Um, you know, not according to plan. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, you start to realize that there are challenges that we're going to face. It's just, it's a part of life. It's part of the entrepreneurial journey as well. Um, but you're not alone. It feels alone. Like it feels lonely, right? You feel like you're alone. You feel like nobody could possibly understand, but there are others who have felt that. There are others who are feeling that. And there are others who have gone through and grown through those types of challenges. 
right? So um, it's really like from a mindset perspective, understanding that even though you feel alone, you're not alone. There are opportunities for you to connect with other entrepreneurs to reinforce the fact that you're, that you're not by yourself, to also give you perspective, like a different vantage point on the challenge that you're experiencing. There's so much value in that. Um, you know, I've been a part of a, of a number of mastermind groups where we, you know, we'll put a challenge on the table and you'll have entrepreneurs in different spaces. So because of their expertise, they look at the challenge that you may be dealing with from their own vantage point and may provide just incredible insight that you wouldn't on your own ever think of because you're, you're, they're just in different spaces. Right. So I think as an entrepreneur, so there's some elements of mindset in terms of, you know, being open um, to other ways of looking at the, the, the issue, the challenge, the problem, the opportunity, um, you know, being willing to ask for help, um, you know, because you can't do it by yourself, uh, you know, being willing to also offer guidance to others by putting yourself in spaces where, you know, maybe it's a totally different industry, um, but there are people who have that entrepreneurial spirit in that space that you could bounce ideas off and say, what are your thoughts about this? Or what would you do in this type of scenario? Those things have been um, very powerful in, in my journey as an entrepreneur. And even how I see the work that we do and, and myself it, within that work has shifted based on some of my entrepreneurial colleagues who have seen other things and have called us to uh, you know, levels of excellence and different areas of service than we may have seen uh, with our own eyes. Mm. So you run a, a leadership organization essentially for, for youth. So what do you think makes a great leader? Uh, I think a great leader um, understands how to follow, first of all. Um, also, you know, is, is willing to um, take, you know, to put themselves out there. Because once we put ourselves out there, you know, we're open to being ridiculed or challenged or, or and, and that's okay, right? So, you know, being willing to, to be selfless, being willing to um, hold a mantle in terms of something that you believe in, and what you're, you know, how much you're willing to put forth is connected to that, to like, a, you know, a drive, a desire to make things different, to make things better. Um, so, you know, leaders understand um, what it means to follow and the importance. You're not a leader if you don't have anyone following you. And also, uh, we like to talk about having purpose-driven leaders, folks who are not just, you know, money's good, money's really important. Um, it allows you to do things. Um, but having a purpose that's, that's greater than uh, something that's material is, uh, is, is something that we place a high value on. What, as we cultivate leadership, it's understanding, you know, the spirit of, um, you know, there's a, a, a word uh, often used in South Africa, Ubuntu. I mean, I am because you are, right? So... When you hear the Wisdom to Walk music, it's now time to speed up. Of, 
um, you know, there's a, a, a word uh, often used in South Africa, Ubuntu. I mean, I am because you are, right? So it's like I'm connected to the humanity in you uh, and the humanity in you is what makes me human. And understanding that as leaders, we have opportunities to curate spaces where that is a reality or to develop products and services where that um, is, is one of the outcomes or, or, or byproduct at the very least is, are, are things that all inspire me when I think about what it means to be a leader. Mm, that's incredible. So we, we talked a bit about how sometimes we, we end up in roles that we didn't expect. Uh, you saying that you weren't thinking that you wanted to be a speaker, that you were more comfortable being behind the scenes. And I can personally really relate to that because I feel the same way. I, I feel like I'm a, a glutton for punishment. I started a, an organization for women entrepreneurs where I have to be on the stage a lot. And I used to have a really terrifying, actually, I still probably, to be if I'm completely honest with myself, I still have a real fear of being on the stage or even having these interviews is, is sort of scary for me. Um, but I, I sort of focus on being of, of a higher service and that makes it a little bit easier. So how did you move past your fears of wanting to be behind the scenes to stepping it up and, and having to put yourself out there? And, you know, you're a very successful speaker. You've been, you know, across the world with your, with your speaking career. So, you know, Obviously, you're doing something right. So what, what advice do you have for people that maybe find it a little scary putting themselves out there like that as a, as a speaker? I, th I, think the, I think you hit the nail on its head. Um, it's being of service. So every time I think about, you know, like every time I feel nervous or anxious about something, I think about the fact that I'm in service. It's, this is all in service to the audience. It's all in service to those who we are called to serve. It's not, it really has nothing to do with me other than I am a messenger, right? Mm -hmm. So when, I, when we lose, and, and part of what we do, even with, with corporate folk, with young, young people, students, or what have you, is we often uh, will take them out into the community and we serve. We feed those in need. We build houses for people who don't have. We plant trees. We do things that allow people to lose themselves in service of others. And that has been transformational. Um, and that is at the core of, I think, what allows me to step outside of my comfort zone. It's recognizing that it's not about me. It's about serving the audience. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass it over to uh, my, my uh, co-host, Ronan. So do you have some questions for Orlando? I, we really wanted to focus on having the perspective of, of myself, who's an experienced entrepreneur, but someone who's up and coming and thinking about, uh, you know, questions that might be relevant to someone who's starting out their career. Awesome. Uh, well, I think you pretty much hit the nail of, <laughs> to take your analogy of what um, I was thinking about, but uh, I guess what, what is one of the most uh, fulfilling uh things that you uh like fulfilling moments out of your career yeah thank you for that ronan i uh i think about um you know these moments that you have right i call them moments of truth like moments that shift 
what you believe to be true and possible and real. And, you know, we were at a school, um, you know, where we were asked to come in and speak to a group of young people. And uh, the administration of the school, the principal, vice principal pulled, pulled us in and they said, listen, um, uh, we need you to talk about anti-bullying, but, um, you know, we know you work in a number of different communities and, and this community is not like some of the impoverished communities you work in. Um, our kids have money. Our kids do drugs because they think it's cool. It's not that they're trying to escape something. So, so, you know, just so you're aware, we don't really like need the programming in here, but it allows us to check off this box to say we did something for anti-bullying. So I said, okay, cool. Thank you for the heads up. Um, and so our team went in and we shared. And at the end of the time that we spent with the students, as we were wrapping up, there's a young lady that came up to us and said, excuse me, um, can I talk to you for a sec? So we said, yeah. Um, and she said, I just want you to know that um, at 3.06 this afternoon, my plan was to go home and take my life. And it's only because of some of the things that you and your staff shared that I realized that my life actually has value. And I realize why I'm still here. And like, I will absolutely always remember that moment. Um, it's not something that you could unsee or unhear or forget. Um, because you, you know, you don't really know the impact that your presence, your contribution, your words can have on somebody else based on what they're experiencing in the moment. Um, so to, to think that uh, someone found value in their being um, and, and then made decisions because they found that value is something that we will always hold near and dear to our hearts here at One Voice, One Team. And, you know, we, in, like, we've done corporate work where the conversations have been um, about people realizing some of the gifts that they've had that they thought was a curse, right? And realizing now that that gift, those gifts, the challenges that they've experienced has allowed them to see life in a different way because of the messages. So, so it's those type of things where when, when they happen, it's like, man, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, if, if this is the impact that it can have, then we have to uh, continue the work and do what we can to help others. And if, if youth wanted to get involved in your organization, um, what would be their, their first step in, in letting you know that they're interested? How do they get involved? Awesome. So they could DM me at, on Instagram um, at Orlando Bowen, Orlando.Bowen, sorry. Um, they could also go to our One Voice, One Team uh, Instagram um, you know, or, or go to the website, onevoiceoneteam.org, all spelled out, right? Okay. So there are different opportunities, different ways for them to connect and express their interest in, in serving and making a difference. And so what's next for you? I, I know that there's been a lot of changes in the world, obviously, with COVID-19. How has that impacted your business? How will you be going forward, say, in the fall and throughout 2020? 
Well, this summer we we uh, we moved programming online. So instead of a, a in-person uh, summer camp, we did it online and leveraged technology to bring that to to life. And the kids, the participants loved it. The parents loved it. Um, you know, so we're looking to obviously do more of that. Gives us an opportunity to reach young people in different places um, that we wouldn't physically be able to access all at once. Um, so we're definitely going to be leveraging uh, the online uh, delivery mechanism so that we could reach young people. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty in terms of what school is going to look like, exactly what it's going to look like for the fall. But one thing that we do know is that young people need that you know, socio-emotional connection. Um, and that's something that we do. And it's something that our, that our organization does uh, quite well. Um, you know, we help young people see themselves and see the gifts within themselves, but also help them see other people as people and, and be willing to stand for other people as well. So we're, we're, we're excited for, you know, what the future holds. Um, you know, there, it won't be easy, but uh, neither is anything that, that is of worth. And do you have any up, upcoming speaking engagements where you're telling your story or anything coming up that we should know about? Yes, well, I have some, um, uh, like, I guess they're, they're private. There's one I'm, I'm speaking at a, uh, um, a rally, a, a Black Lives Matter rally um, on Sunday the 16th. Um, they're also like, I serve in a number of different capacities, wear a number of different hats. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about bringing people together so that we could collectively be better than we are today. Um, so there are some other engagements that I have next week, but are like client engagement. Um, so, uh, I'd have to get back to you on the next public, uh, you know, public forum that I'll be engaging at possibly on the 26th, but um, uh, for sure this Sunday and then some private engagements next week. Perfect. We can follow up with stuff on our show notes as well. Beautiful. So uh, just in wrapping things up, I just wanted to know if, um, Rona, do you have any last questions that we want to ask Orlando before? Um, well, I wanted to ask this earlier when you were talking about how you predominantly switched to um, online workshops. And what do you think one of the biggest differences between doing your uh, workshops online and in person are? Well, I think one of the biggest differences uh, is that we like to high five and hug back when you could do those things um, and really protect space, like physically protect the space. Um, so, uh, I think one of the biggest things is that we don't have the opportunity to physically protect the space as we have in the past. Um, however, we have a, an increased ability to engage people, um, in different ways than we would if we were in person. Like we can put people in groups in very, you know, a very short order, um, have them dialogue about things. Uh, bring them back to the main room type of thing um, so that we could follow up on what they shared in their small groups. So there are definitely um, benefits to the tech. We could bring together young people from 
different areas or, or business leaders from different areas and have conversations without folks having to get on a plane or, or you know, take a long drive. So, so there are definite uh, benefits to the opportunity and uh, there are some uh, other challenges slash opportunities that, that we also embrace as a part of the new um, way of delivery or the new current way of, of delivery. So what's your final parting words of wisdom for uh, our, your community and our community to thrive? Yeah, I, th I think in, in terms of uh, any final words is, is recognizing that we can't get through this journey on our own. So any opportunity that you have to learn, seek it, right? And, and, and seek to really understand, read to understand, watch movies to understand, talk to people to understand, um, because that's how we grow. Right? And when we grow as leaders and we grow as entrepreneurs, the impact of that is felt through the products and services that we deliver, through the staff whom we bring on to help us deliver those, those things, and uh, ultimately to the people who are the beneficiaries of that delivery. So know that you're not alone. When I say one voice, I'm going to invite you with passion to say one team, one voice. One team, one voice. One voice. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. So and that, that's, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. We're in it together. That's so true. Rona, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask before we wrap this up? Uh, I mean, Bree, freely, could you maybe tell us, I mean, you started off your career as a CFL player. Could you maybe briefly just tell us how you got into professional football? Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, uh, I started playing football in high school, 11th grade, um, was a pretty, really from my training for basketball, I was, you know, fairly quick, fairly athletic, um, and, uh, got recruited to go down to Northern Illinois University, home of the Huskies, to play football in college, um, and from there I was recruited, uh, to play as a professional in the Canadian Football League. So, I mean, that was the journey. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I was working in IT because uh, I love the game, love the game of football and all that it, that it can teach. It does take a toll on the body, though. Um, mm. So, for me, like, the, the bigger purpose was a platform from which to serve and make a difference. And football gave me that opportunity. So, the recruitment happened when I was in college, uh, you know, and... Um, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful, grateful for the game, grateful to the game and uh, all that, that it has uh, taught me through some of the mentors that I've had as coaches and, and as teammates. So, you know, just, yeah, there's, there's, the journey was, is sometimes roundabout, um, you know, but uh, it's, it's always with purpose. That's what life's all about, finding purpose. That's what makes us happy, right? Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today, Orlando. It's been an incredible opportunity to get to know a little more about what you do. And uh, you're an inspiration to all generations of our listeners. So thanks again. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Ronan. Thank you. <laughs>